What's up, everyone? This is your boy, Jeremy John. And I'm Matthew White. And we are the Sports Reality Podcast. Just wanted to say thanks for tuning into this episode. And to let you know that you can listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Just go on any of those podcast platforms and search for the Sports Reality Podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you can be up to date on all of our content. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 116th edition of the Sports Reality. My name is Jeremy John, a.k.a. the fourth greatest Grenadian of all time. Perfect. A.k.a. the Little Wayne of podcasts, because I will get on any podcast and hit it with the J train. Perfect. Uh, I do not have my regular co-host today, Matthew. He is missed. However, I do have my boys, that were on my former podcast, the DMV Dispute. Let's welcome my boys, Darren and Gerard. Darren, Gerard, how's everything going with you all? Good, good. Can't I, all things considered, can't complain. Right, I'm living good. I'm healthy. You know, all things good on this side. That's what's up. That's what's up. It's been a while since we recorded an episode. I think the last one we recorded was early December, probably. Yeah, at least, um, probably. And then, you know, because of life situations, uh, we're not doing that anymore. So uh, we haven't <laughs> really been uh, recording much lately. But, man, I am so glad that we're able to do this. Uh, let's start yeah. with you, Darren. Uh, we used to do this on DMV Dispute. We used to let people know where they can reach you all on social media. Darren, let the listeners know. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at dbirdhoops. That's D-B-I-R-D hoops on Twitter. Um, real easy to find. Offering up your hot takes all the time. And, you know, I got to say this because you're going to see it when you when you go on my page. Just, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. I'm still thinking about Kobe every single day. Um, but, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, just hope everybody is well, happy, good. Good to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, yes, yes. And this is Gerard. You can find me on Twitter at Roddy Cages, at R-O-D-D-Y-K-G. Um, go on my page. You might just find a bunch of babbling about random topics. I, I have no themes about stuff. I just ripping it and, uh, and shitting it for real. Um, but follow up, uh, my boy Darren was saying, R.I.P. Kobe, R.I.P. G.G. And uh, R.I.P. to the great John Lewis who passed away this past weekend. Um, we thank all of you, um, for everything that you've done. Hey, thank you for listening. All right. We have a lot to get to for today, today's show. Uh, since you all are fans of most of the local teams, we will talk about all the news that's coming out of the local team, uh, teams in the area. We'll also get into the news in the NFL, news in the NBA. We'll also uh, get into our sports-free zone where... Uh, <laughs> 
Oh man, that's a, that's that. We'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> oh man, you all will find out what Gerard just uh, texted me within the group chat. <laughs> so you all will find out about that. Uh, we also have our sports free zone where we will talk about John Lewis. We'll also talk about someone in the black community who's catching a lot of heat right now, Kanye West. And then we'll have our uh, Reddit topic of the week. This week for our Reddit topic of the week, we'll talk about the sporting news article on the top 25 wide receivers in the NFL. Um, To me, it was a little little egregious so that's why i want to talk about it just want to remind you all you can subscribe to the podcast where podcasts are available that includes apple anchor spotify stitcher tune in radio and any major podcast platform if you're not sure where you want to listen to us just go to google type in the sports reality podcast and then subscribe to the podcast platform of your choice let's now get into the DMV sports. A lot has happened in the DMV when it comes to sports. Uh, last week, we had a huge bombshell that came out of Ashburn. Uh, first, it started out with just the name change. So we'll talk about that first. I'll start with you, Darren. Uh, when it comes to the name change, uh, let's, is it is it? Are you ready for the change? Is it about time, or are you kind of like, nah? Let's actually keep the name. Where do you where do you fall on this? Yeah, you know, I have long since been an advocate for the name change, um, but I just knew that, you know, with with everything, you know, with what Snyder said in the past and all this stuff, you know, I will never like all caps change the name. I just figured it was a lost cause. I mean, my personal thing, personally, I cheer for. The actual team. I don't cheer for the name. I cheer for the Burgundy and Gold. I cheer for my squad. You know, they could be called whatever, but I'm still cheer for my hometown team. Um, One of the things as far as this goes, you know, as far as the team name goes, I don't own any Redskins gear, um, you know, from when they were called the Redskins, just because personally, you know, I never fully felt comfortable, you know, just even wearing the just wearing the gear, you know, with the imagery, with the name on it, you know, I, I just never fully felt comfortable with it. I mean, the most that I would have is something that says like, you know, Washington football. But even then, if it had just like, you know, our logo on it, you know, just something just it, it never really it never truly sat right with me. So I'm just glad that, you know, I, I'm glad that it's finally coming um, it's too late. It's, I mean, it's, well, it's not too late, but it's just like, it's, it feels like something that should have happened a long time ago, but this is the right time for it to happen. And you kind of knew that it was coming with everything that's been going on, um, in general, especially recently, the culture that we're in, you know, people are taking a hard look at, you know, what's going on, but I will say this, and this is the one thing that I keep reminding people Whenever we talk about this name change, I want everybody to understand that Snyder isn't changing the name because it's the right thing to do. He's changing it because it's affecting his bottom line, you know, in in an era where, you know, all the leagues, all the teams are being affected by, you know, what's going on. You know, they're being affected by COVID. They're being affected by everything. So just the bottom line is already being hurt. So sponsors saying now, you know, hey, we're going to pull, we're going to, you know, 
We're going to pull our sponsorship from your team. You know, Nike's taking stuff down out of their stores and whatnot. You know, one thing that I like to say is when money talks, money or when money walks, money talks. So, you know, Snyder's really only doing this because it's going to affect his bottom line um, in the grand scheme of things. So, I mean, I always keep that in the back of my mind. But you know what? Regardless of the reason, it is the right thing to do. my only thing left now is, you know, I love all of this. So I like all of the symbolic gestures. I just want to see something tangible. Like I want to see some proof like, you know, Snyder donating to a worthwhile cause, you know, you know, doing something to provide actual tangible change as opposed to just changing the name. But, you know, I'm totally 100 percent, 110, 15, 20 percent. Um, in favor of the name change. Long time coming. Um, glad it's happening now. So that that's where I stand on it. What about you, Gerard? Uh, what are your thoughts on on the name change? I'm with Darren, man. I am so happy that this name change is finally happening. And you know, Darren brought some good points. You know, it's not for the right reasons. It's not because you know they did a you know the and all these diehard even some radio heads will say oh you know the survey they did in 2016 you no know, out of 10 uh native americans found no offense with the name like all right but if one out of 10 people it's not all it's not a literal 10 native americans in all of the country it's thousands of people so you're saying if one out of those 10 that's still almost a thousand over a thousand people who are offended by it and that's just the native americans there are people like darren that aren't native american that are you know whatever race they claim to be who are offended by it and so that's enough if one out of 10 is, is offended then that's enough to have a change and you know like you said i'm a fan of the team you can call them the Washington Fluffers for all I can. As long as they rock the burgundy and gold and they win a Super Bowl, I don't care what you call them. I'll be, I'll be there no matter what. And so I just think that it's, you know, something that had to happen. I hope that this is the, you know, cultural reset that is that, you know, at least kickstarts it, you know, new get rid of Bruce Allen, get rid of, you know, all the coaches, bring in Rivera, bring in, you know, try these new things, you know, Chase Young and all this stuff. Maybe it's a genesis of a rebirth of a franchise that has been dead for 20 years under the, you know, tutelage of Dan Snyder and the ownership of Dan Snyder. And, you know, like I said, it's been ha- it's been needing to happen. Um, unfortunately, I can't, you know, stand on the moral high ground that Darian stand on saying I don't have any Redskins gear. I'll, probably the first thing I put on was probably a Redskins onesie. And so um, <laughs> I've been rocking the gear, the logo, the colors for 25 years now. And so, I mean, I, I, and I probably won't get rid of it. It's just, you know, but... Once they come up with a new jersey and new name, it give me a reason to uh, go out because I haven't got, bought anything new in a long time. But it will give me a reason to go get some new stuff. First jersey I'm buy is probably a new Washington Red Tails Sean jersey. Uh, jersey. I mean Sean Taylor jersey. Um, and Rocket, whenever I, wherever I go. So uh, that was you know great transition to the next question, and I'll start with you, uh, Gerard. Uh, what is the preferred name that you want for this uh, for this football team? I'm I'm, I'm standing on my red tails, uh, my red tails uh, country right here, man. Listen, 
I see warriors. I see your warriors. I call bullshit. It's it's weak. It's a it's a it's not lateral, but it don't excite nothing. It's just a name. I don't I don't mind it, but I don't get excited about it. And you got Golden State Warriors. You don't want to be you know the second fiddle per, uh, team with that nickname, and you are worth uh, over a billion dollars. Like you don't want to be. I don't want to be. You know. Kyle F- Kendall Fuller, and you know, say, hey, I'm a, uh, I'll play for the Warriors. Really? You play with Steph Curry? Oh, no, no, no. I'll play for the, uh, the football team uh, in D.C. You know, uh, you don't like you don't want to have that conversation. You don't want to be the owner of that. Like, you want to be your own thing. And then what's the other one? Red Wolves? Get out of here. Come on, man. That seems like that seems like the, the, the sorry team you beat in the 2K pro uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <prologue>, man. <laughs> like, what is this? This is the NFL. This is the biggest private entity in the world. Who calls us the Red Bulls? Come on, man. That's weak. I don't. I don't like that. I've been Red Tails. They're honest the military. It doesn't. It's, yes, the Red Tails were you know the pilot planes you know, the sea airmen, the uh, very popular, very successful all black fighter pilot unit in World War Two. So yes, it's a Black History Part Two. But just take that out, man. Have you ever seen a picture of the Red Tail plane? The things were beautiful, man. It's no different than calling yourself like the Jets or the Rockets. You're honoring a piece of military, American military history by having this beautiful piece of machinery that was used to destroy their enemies as your team logo and your team insignia. That's what we should be. We should be the Red Tails. Anything else is just pure poppycock. Uh, pure poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Darren, what, what is your choice if it was up to you for the 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 new name for the football team. I don't know. The Washington Poppycocks, the Washington Fluffy. I don't know. Um, Perfect. Uh, you know, I am, I, I diverge greatly from Gerard here. I am 100% in on the Red Wolves name. So count me in. You know, there's, there's some, there's still some Native American imagery. There's like a story. I was reading it like yesterday, actually, where, you know, it has something to do with, rebirth and being reborn as red wolves i don't remember the story i'd have to look it up again but i'm not gonna look it up right now um but i like it um i think it would require like minimal changes you just use the old logo with the r i saw a really cool design where it had like you know sort of the wolf mane kind of coming out of the out of the old r logo and i thought that looked pretty cool um i just it's a way to bring you know awareness to an endangered uh, species uh, in the country, a somewhat endangered species in the country. So, you know, I I like that you can get away with not having to change too much. Uh, I don't think it will happen. I feel like there, I think there's some kind of trademark thing that they were talking about. And I don't think Snyder really wants to deal with the whole trademark thing. So I don't think it would happen. Um, but I would be all in on Red Wolves. Uh, Red Hawks is my first choice but i i i like red hawks but i also hate red hawks because i feel like first of all it's obviously way too close to seahawks your red hawks seahawks it's just i don't like it also there's way too many birds in the nfl already i feel like that's the easy way to go you got eagles you got falcons you got cardinals you got the aforementioned seahawks i mean it's just birds are like the easy way to go in sports i mean you've got like red wings red wings was the first thing that actually popped into my head but then you know you have the detroit red wings so you can't do that you know um 
But just bird names are just so easy that I just I can't get behind something that has like bird imagery. Like, you know, I don't know, call yourselves the Red Robins or whatever. I don't know, the Washington Robins. I know, it's ridiculous. Well, not Red what's Robins, the, that's the restaurant. Never what's the right, what's the price going to be, yo? Like, come on, man. You gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was only thinking Robins because I know that in Virginia, that's our national bird. But, like, it's stupid. It's not strong. I mean, it's, it's, it's whatever. Anyway, but anyway, my point being... I'm fully in on Red Wolves. Um, the only substitute I would expect is Warriors, as ridiculous and cheap as it is. Um, plus, evoking the Golden State Warriors imagery. That's the only other thing I would go with. Um, I'm not crazy about Red Tails. I-, I like the name Red Tails, but not for a DC sports team. I feel like, you know, Red Tails would need to be something, you know, that's for like another state's team, but not for DC. And also, I mean, red tails is sometimes used as a term for somebody getting spanked on the ass sometimes. So I can just imagine, I can imagine all the fans at other arenas, whenever the red tails visit, just holding up those pictures of, you know, like Dwayne Haskins getting spanked by like, I don't know, Carson <laughs> Wentz or something. You know, Philly fans would do that. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. So, so, you know, I, I'm not totally, maybe, and I think, honestly, that's probably, like, my biggest thing, honestly, is probably that. It's probably just way too easy. Um, but, yeah, I'm all in on Red Wolves. Um, I like Red Hawks, but it just, it's, I would be disappointed if we were, if we became the Red Hawks. And I think, I think the entire NFL would be disappointed if we became the Red Hawks. But I don't see any major problem with Red Wolves. I think on the list of names that I've seen, they just kind of go from bad to worse. So I, I feel like Red Wolves, in my opinion, is like least bad. I wouldn't be disappointed necessarily with Red Tails, I guess. But I just, it it's, if Red Wolves is up here, Red if Red Wolves is like high, Red Tails is below that. So if I had to pick top three, I guess I'd say Red Wolves, um, Red Wolves, Warriors, Red Tails. Willow Warriors. I guess that's where I stand on this. Well, as uh, many of you all know, I am a fan of uh, the America's team. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, of course, you know, many people will probably say I shouldn't have a say, but as someone who is a fan of a team, of a team, not the Washington football team, um, I would say if it was up to me, I would name the team the Red Tails. Just because of the, of course uh, you would, you know, honoring. Okay, let's be real. People in the NFL yeah. love the military. That's the reason why. Yeah, that's, that's the true. reason why Kaepernick isn't in the league right now. Perfect. Yep. So, um, you can get your representation of the military, but more importantly, you get your representation of black culture. Perfect. Right. And I'm, I'm all for the culture, and it's just so you know funny. The team that everyone says has the racist name, um, and it it is a racist name, you know, can yeah. finally get it right and, and get a name yep. that actually has some really good, significant meaning. So if it's up to me, I'm going with the red tails. Um, but red Hawks, my understanding is red Hawks are actually native to like the Shenandoah area. Yeah, we have we have we have red tailed hawks around here in the area. You can see them flying around. So I mean, it's I like red hawks because it is it is relevant to the DC area because we do have like red tailed hawks here. But it's just it's we'll it's too. 
We got red tailed hawks. Call them the red tails. That could be the that could be the thing you fly across the stadium at, um, before the game start. The red tail hawk. I mean, you, you, you know, <laughs> that's actually you know, I you, I didn't think about that. And you could do that something similar to like Auburn, where they bring out the hawk and the hawk flies. You know, look at that. That might be worth considering. I don't know. I, th- I still think Red Wolves is better. <laughs> and, like, and, and like Jeremy said, you you know how rare it is for if you the Red Tails not only gives you the black folks that stop watching football because Kaepernick's not in the league, and because now oh you got a black team named after a black history. Oh, I'm coming back for that. And you guys get the military people who hated Kaepernick for taking a knee. Oh, you're naming them team after a World War II hero. Oh, I'm coming back for that. Like you get both people. Coming to a franchise that had trouble fighting fans in their own city. Like, it solves, not solves, but it adds so much to it. I just, I'm capping hard for the Red Bull. I mean, Red Tails. Man, if uh, the Washington football team ends up doing this, we need to get some money off of this. Uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah. on to the next topic with the Washington football team <laughs> and the more, I guess, dicey or you know more important topic the uh allegations the sexual harassment allegations that came out from uh emily applegate and 14 other uh anonymous women and their story that came out in the washington post uh last week um i want to thank my cousin big fad for being on last week's episode uh we even did a bonus episode where we specifically spoke about the news and and the washington post article so if you didn't listen to it make sure you go back and listen to the bonus episode for 115 um i'm gonna let you start darren um when you heard the story uh what were your first thoughts about the story and the washington football team i thought this was i i i had several thoughts about this having you know friends knowing people female friends that work for um sports teams and and work uh you know in journalism and etc etc you know uh, it worries me because i feel like and this is not a justification at all it's the exact opposite but i feel like this is much more common than people obviously realize um which is why i'm glad that it came to light i'm glad that that all of these women were willing to come forward and speak about this because you know it is something that needed to be brought to light and i mean after all of the teasing because if you if you remember you know we got if you remember we actually got a lot of a lot of sort of teasing up to this story that something really big was going to break. Um, and, you know, between this and, you know, the previous cheerleading scandal and all of that, and then, you know, Alex Santos, um, you know, being fired and, you know, um, you know, just people losing their jobs over this and whatnot. And it's just, you know, it's a really, really, it's a really, really bad look for the Washington football team. It's terrible. Um, and, you know, I have to commend my understanding is that Ron Rivera has sort of been at the forefront of this. So I have to definitely commend him for, you know, you know, taking an active part in this. But, you know, I, this is something that 
it's it's very tough to read that, that so much of this has been going on. And the worst thing is that apparently a lot of people have known about it and have just like kind of covered it up for such a long time. And I mean, I think that's the worst part because, you know, if you've got this going on, but then everybody's just kind of looking the other way or, or just sort of allowing it to happen, you know, that's almost worse than the fact that it's happening at all. You know, you've got to hold the people in charge accountable. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, one of the first things that I have tweeted and spoken about when I first read about this is that I know it's not going to happen, but Snyder has to sell his share, his stake in the team. Like he has, he's got to go like this happens under his watch, whether, whether or not, you know, he actually, you know, did anything directly, you know, he has the oversight, you know, this, he, he allowed this culture, this horrible culture that we have, um, in the Redskins organization, um, including these terrible allegations. He he's allowed the culture to get this bad. So I think you've got to do something. I mean, the NFL, I know that they've got, um, you know, they're going to be doing um, an external investigation, which I'm thankful. I'm, I'm glad it's not going to be like an internal, hey, the Redskins, we're going to investigate this and da 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 da. So I, I'm glad that they're getting, you know, an external, an external investigation done into all of this. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's a really bad look for Washington football. It's, it's just a really bad look on Snyder. It's just, it's a horrible black mark um, on the organization that sadly has kind of come to, to define the culture of this team, just like one negative thing after another. Um, so it's really disappointing. Um, one thing that I will note, they did recently, just if you're familiar with Julie Donaldson, they they did just recently hire her to a pretty significant position, you know, head of uh, media. When, I don't remember the exact title, but it's a pretty Perfect. prominent um, position. Um, VP of media. Yeah, like, like VP of media, something, and like, you know... I think it also has something to do with like heading over the radio broadcast or something. I'm not sure about that. She but, basically replaced Larry Michael. Yeah, yeah, right. Who also was, was a part of it. A part of this. Um, his sudden resignation was 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 uh, was a big deal. But yeah, I think I just want to applaud all the women that came forward and and you know had the courage to expose this because you know they're really putting themselves out there. Um, to do this, and I, uh, I I appreciate that, and I'm glad that light is being shed on this. And you know, I'm fully in support of any uh, of any penalties that are handed down to the Washington organization as a result of this, because I think that they will be absolutely warranted. So you know, that's it's disappointing, but I hope that this means that. I hope that this means that things are really going to finally change with the organization going forward. Gerard. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah. So I'm not, Darren, you just eloquently really just laid it all out for us. And, you know, um, Jeremy, you already said it. You had a whole special podcast discussing, breaking down the uh, article uh, that was released last week. And so, you know, I'm not going to get into too much of, you know, what was said in the article. I think what needs to be focused on is what, ha- what needs to happen, in my opinion, moving forward. Yep. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned Ron Rivera has been at the forefront of this. He has been the big key pointing to him as 
this catalyst for this huge amount of change that's coming in. But at the end of the day, Ron Rivera is an NFL head coach. Yes. He has never been an NFL executive. He has never run office. He's never had to deal with hiring HR. He's never had to deal with implementing business practices or anything like that. He's He knows football and he knows mm-hmm. the military. That is the only thing he knows. And he only knows the military secondhand by being the son of a, of a father who's in the military. And so those are the things he knows. And Starting, you know, at least by the schedule, then later this, starting this week and next week, his job as a head coach now becomes front and center. Training yeah. camp starts, and so all this is going on in Ashburn, he won't have the time to sit there and deal with all the stuff that needs to happen. I think that the Reds... Well, they, they, they did hire a new executive, I believe, and it yeah, my understanding. Yeah, it was... Thankfully, a, that'll take... <laughs> I forget I forget his name, but it's another it's another buddy of Snyder. And he's really only been brought in to take over the PR department and to be the lead guy on the name change. That's mainly his role started, you know, and Julie Donaldson we mentioned, you know, pretty much going for Larry Michaels. But they need they need a COO. They need somebody to come in and run the operation. They have like, you know, Snyder gives Rivera clear reign to execute the team and his vision. But you, he needs a lieutenant in our office to execute said vision. You don't need, you already have all the football guys you need. You have the young guy, uh, Kevin um, Kevin Smith or something like that. You have the young guy uh, running, the, uh, running the draft, running free agency, doing pro, in charge of your scouting departments, in charge of your uh, trading departments and all that. He's He has that. You had Doug Williams in charge of personnel. You got your salary cap guy Rogers that you got over from Carolina. You have all the foot. You have all your coaches. You got Del Rio. You got Turner. You have all the coaches and all the football play people you would ever need in that organization. I think what the what the football Washington football team needs to do is treat this as if another billion dollar company like Ford Motor Company or Whole Foods or Google or something had a similar story released about their business. What did, well, who would this company go out and hire? They wouldn't find some assistant GM for the Seahawks to come in and try to turn over the organization. They would find somebody who is business-minded, who knows how to turn a culture to a 21st century, 2020 expectations of how a business should be run. And I'm saying, you know, go look at the top execs that are sitting in, you know, Amazon offices or Google offices or Uber offices, and, you know, in these type of companies, the young new companies that, you know, have been awarded and given you know, recognition as having great place being great places to work. Find these people that understand how because they don't have an HR department. Like something as simple as yeah. human resources to be able to go and say, I have a complaint about my coworker. I have a complaint about my supervisor. I feel like we need to have a better, like, like you don't have anybody to go to to talk about basic human resources. And if that's something that's so fundamentally lacking. And it was a main, it was a main point for the article because it dealt with workplace harassment and that kind of thing. But if you're not, if you're lacking on that, that means you're probably lacking on onboarding. You're lacking on training. You're lacking on retention. You're lacking on, uh, 
promotions within the company. You're lacking on all these things to make a like outside of football. Yes, this is a football team, but this is a 24-7-365 business that needs to be run, and it's not being run correctly. And so you need to find somebody to come in, sit down with Rivera and say, hey, this is you know, what me, Rivera, and and Dan Snyder see for this team, and what, what, what I want you to do, can you do it? And bring it in. It could be a, a woman, a, a, a man, it could be young, old, so just somebody who understands what's going on. That's what needs to happen. It, you know, the name change, yes, it's important. The football season, yes, it's important if it happens. But this right here, this, you know, being a place that is a respectable place in the, you know, the crown, a respectable jewel in the crown of the NFL. Uh, that's what's most important. Like we are, as football, as, as the Washington football team, the laughing stuff. Not only are we just as bad as the Browns, the Jaguars, the Lions, the Jets, teams that have just been per, uh, perennial losers every single year. We can't even do stuff like hire people or employ people the right way. We can't even run an office the right way. Like, yeah. if, like. Dan Snyder made Michael Scott look like the real, like, best boss. Like, it makes no sense. Like, come on now. It's just, I mean, it's incredible. We gotta, they just got to change everything. Don't stop until it looks nothing like it used to look before. And once you get there, that's when real change can start to manifest. Hey, man, all of you all, I mean, both of you all, come up with some great points uh, about the team. Uh, last week, I did mention that uh, Snyder should be forced to sell the team, but yes. it's not going to happen, especially the longer this goes. Um, yep. And we use Jerry Richardson as the example of uh, an owner that was basically forced to sell because the story came out and within a day or two, he announced all right, yeah, I'm selling the team. Um, yeah. The longer and longer you get away from the release date of this story, the less likely uh, Snyder's going to be forced to sell the team. So I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but I agree with you all. One thing that does need to happen is you need to get a real human resource department yeah. in there. You got to get less yes man and yes sir yes ma'ams and yes mans in there um and i think the more important thing is figure out who else was doing a lot of the sexual harassment and get them out of here too because i don't think it was just those three people there's there's no way yeah i don't think so um it's 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 ridiculous that we're still in an era where you know women reporters are women workers within a sports industry or within industry any industry let's be mm-hmm. real frank about it that they still have to worry about things like this at the workplace um yep. this culture needs to change last week we said it's a it's a societal issue um it's not a sports history issue it's a societal mm-hmm. issue and uh yeah man my my only i guess my charge for uh, you, you two, and, and and I, and all other men that we know is when we see stuff like this happening, speak up and defend the women, because yep. I do believe there were probably other men that were there that saw this going on and did not speak up. There, there had to have been. Yeah. There had to have been. So, and I'm, go ahead, go and, ahead, drop. Yeah, and I'm gonna say, 
you know, just like I like that charges, man. We need, we do need to do that. We need, like we're we are built, you know, DNA to be protectors. That's what we need to do: protect the people that even if we don't, you know, hold them as friends or care for loved ones or whatever. If you see something like you say, say something. But it goes for uh, women too. If you see a female friend or a female colleague of yours, and you know, hey. Are you okay? The article mentions, you know, some type of small sorority of them, you know, watching out for each other, and which is a shame they had to do that. But, you know, you know, look out for, you know, your fellow person, if fellow people around. Let's just, you know, be good people, right? whether it's, you know, whoever you, whoever it is. You know, just be yeah. a good person. All right, let's quickly get through some of the other topics in DMV Sports. Elena Deladon, and I'm glad you're here, Darren. Darren yeah. is probably the biggest Washington actually, Mystics, uh, biggest. I'm actually repping repping my Mystics here, <laughs> repping my repping my Emma Emma Mieseman shirt. You probably can't see it, but it's, <laughs> it's my my Emma Mieseman jersey. She's gonna be leading the team this summer. Yeah, Darren is probably the biggest, not just. WNBA fan I know the biggest Washington Mystics fan I know and when we had the DMV dispute we always had to add a Washington Mystics topic not only to just cover them but to make sure Darren felt better than we were covering <laughs> and, 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 and I must say um, with Darren bringing up the Washington Mystics it definitely made me more aware uh, what was going yeah. on so i'm glad and then obviously we were pretty much following the uh WNBA finals victory pretty much yep. the entire year so yeah darren uh i want to thank you for that uh elena deladon is in the news because elena deladon wanted to get a medical exemption um from being in the WNBA bubble and let me just say this i i think i said it last week but i'll reiterate it if i did the WNBA bubble is atrocious it's atrocious it it's and I've mentioned last week that I don't see how the NBA, because the NBA does have an ownership stake in the WNBA. I understand yep. that. Um, I don't see how they couldn't have tried and fit them in in the NBA bubble. But anyways, yep. their their situation is atrocious. Elena Deladon, who is the reigning MVP, mm-hmm. who is the face of the league, uh, she she battles Lyme disease. And yes. uh, she wanted to get a medical exemption uh, from resuming or returning to the NBA, WNBA. Uh, yep. WNBA doctors said they rejected her uh, her, 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 her exemption uh, application and said <laughs> that Lyme disease is not one of the diseases that would lead you to be predisposed for COVID-19. So uh, she mentioned that she takes close to 60 pills a day Yep, and all she, the different she hardships. Wrote, she wrote a very, very detailed, um, a, a beautifully written, detailed. Uh, if you haven't read it, you know, it, it's it's out there. It's if you look her up on Twitter or, any, or anywhere, she's posted it. But she wrote it. I think it was for. um what was it for? I can't remember, but it was um, she. She she shared it, 
But, you know, in the way that all athletes share, she detailed everything that she goes through. She detailed um, growing up with Lyme disease, how she is compromised, how if she gets COVID, it could very well kill her. Um, you know, just her doctor has wrote, had wrote her a very detailed explanation, wrote the WNBA a very detailed explanation as to why she cannot, um, she shouldn't, she should be exempt. And the Mystics team doctors signed off on it. They're like, we're deferring to her doctors because she, her doctor has been treating her for so long. So she should theoretically be exempt. And I want to mention another player for the Mystics, Tina Charles, who was just recently acquired. We just traded for her um, earlier this year. Another prominent WNBA player. She was allowed an exemption um, uh, with pre-existing conditions. So she will get paid, and she's but she's exempt from having to play in the bubble because of her pre-existing conditions. So um, I feel like that does need to be mentioned, especially since they play on the same team now. Um, but, you know, uh, Elena Deladon is essentially, she is the LeBron James of the WNBA. She is the right. best player in the WNBA. She is one of the best basketball players on the face of the earth last See, last season, um, she joined the 50-40-90 club. Um, uh, 50, let's see, throughout the season, 50% shooting, uh, 40% on three, field goal, 50% uh, field goal, um, 40%, at least 40% three-point range, and at least 90% um, from the free throw line. So, you know, and that's historically in basketball. This is in the entire sphere, WNBA, NBA, etc., like very few players. So I think it should be noted that she is one of the best basketball players on the face of the planet. Uh, she could probably give one of your favorite players the business any any day of the season, uh, any day of the year. But um, you know, something that needs to be said about this is that for that very reason, you know it's pretty clear why she wasn't granted her her exception because she is the face of the league the wnba wants her playing there um the mystics fortunately the mystics have said she doesn't have to play if she doesn't feel up to it we're going to continue playing her but essentially it's we'll just have to trust everyone else to uh to just pick up the slack that we're missing without the mvp Let's now quickly uh, talk about the other basketball team because uh, they're not doing too well. Uh, the Washington Wizards, they are in the NBA bubble. They had a tune-up game today. Did they win that game today? Nope. Okay, no, and they not. played the they played the Suns. No, they, played the they, they played they played the Nuggets. They, Nuggets, the, sorry. The, 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 yeah, the, the Suns are their first official game. Thank so you, thank they, you. They played yeah they played the Nuggets today. They played the Clippers Saturday, and the Lakers. As far as their exhibition game, the Lakers next Tuesday, I want to say, and then and then next Friday begins the actual season resumption. Uh, so yeah, they they are. They're missing John Wall, obviously, uh, but they are missing Bradley Beal. Um, just real quick, I'll start with you, Gerard. They're going to make the playoffs? <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> no. Uh, no. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, no, they'll have uh, an easier time making it back to um, Orlando International to take the flight back to D.C. Like, it's... 
I don't know why they're there. They shouldn't be there. And like I just I'm a for y'all, you know, guys don't know. Uh your listeners don't know. I'm a huge, huge DC sports fan. Any DC sports team, if it's from Washington, I'm I'm all for it. Um I love Amazons. They're not good. They do not belong in a quarantine bubble with the greatest basketball players in the world. Um, all vying for a finals championship and the greatest pandemic this country has seen in a hundred years. They're not that good. It's, you know, John Wall, Bradley Bill, even if they were on the roster, you know, even still, I'll be having doubts on whether or not this team is good enough to beat this bubble. Um, so, you know, they're not in the playoffs. They will lose six of the eight games and be back in D.C. Uh, before Labor Day. Y'all are y'all finished or y'all done? Man, uh, start with, uh, well, I guess, uh, Darren. <laughs> you agree with Gerard? I agree with Gerard in the sense that these Wizards are not going to make the playoffs. I I will say this. The only reason that they were invited um, is because I think the NBA looked at it. So, so what it was is it's something like when they were deciding it was the top eight teams in each conference and then whoever was within, I think it was six games of the eighth seed, got got invited. And I, my assumption is that the only reason they picked six games was because they looked at it. They're like, hmm, all of the all of the Eastern Conference teams are, you know, the Eastern Conference playoff roster is pretty much set. But we got to make it at least somewhat interesting. So someone's got to, we got to invite at least one more team from the East. And they're like, they look down. No, Hornets are too far down. Next, they laughed. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, Wizards are number nine. All right, so that, what, they're five and a half games back. All right, so six games. Everybody within six games makes it. So you look at the Western Conference. They've got like, you know, the Kings and the Spurs and the Pelicans and, you know, they've got like they've got like four or five other teams that are outside of the playoff race but that actually could theoretically jockey for those seventh eighth spots the wizards have no chance but the nba said you know it's not as fun watching the eastern conference just jockey for playoff positioning um their playoff positioning is pretty much set almost you've got the top four teams the bucks are obviously going to be at the top the nets and the and the magic are going to be at the bottom Nobody really wants to watch those middle teams jockey for position because whatever. So we're just going to add in the Wizards to make it a little more in- interesting, so to speak. I, they're not. This is strictly player development for the Wizards. It's based. They're basically playing a summer league team. Um, you know, it's it's a telling sign when you know Ish Smith is probably your best player on the team. Um, going into John Gerard shaking his head at me. Uh, when it, I, you know, I, now I love Ish Smith. I know we we've talked about this in the past. You're not high on Ish Smith. He looked pretty good today. Um, um but well, theoretically, Ish- but but in the bubble, of course, he looks pretty good because you look at who's around him. Um, so this is really a chance to develop guys like Hachimura, guys like you know Admiral Schofield. See what you've got out of the young guys like Isaac Bonga, who I. I don't know what every Wizards fan sees in him because every time I mention being terrible, everybody wants to defend him. I don't know why. Um, Troy Brown Jr., it's a chance to look at him. 
Um, Troy Brown Jr. is supposed to be the leader of this team in the oh, bubble. Geez. Oh, jeez. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, the leaders of this team are Hachimura, Troy Brown Jr., and Ish Smith. Those, oh, the, those are the leaders of the Wizards right now. Um, and everybody else is just, we'll just kind of see how they develop. I mean, you know, props to Scott Brooks for saying with a straight face that they didn't come to Orlando um, just to just to use the games as player development. You know, props to him for, for giving us the coach speak and saying what a coach is supposed to say. But you don't have to lie to us. You don't have to lie to us, Scotty. We 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 know we know you're just you're gonna play around with with um, lineups. You know the starting lineup is probably gonna change every single game. Uh, the rotation is gonna change every single game. I, let's be honest, the Wizards aren't, aren't doing anything. But by the same token, teams have been off for like four months. So not saying that this helps the Wizards or anything, but as far as Watching entertaining basketball, I think the play the playing field is going to be a little bit more level as far as the talent that they'll be going up against. Considering you've got the top guys like the LeBron James and the ADs and whatnot who can afford to train and whatnot, but you've got a bunch of people who have only been back training for like a few weeks. So I think you know you're going to have some guys playing like Michael Jordan in the bubble and some guys playing like the Monstars stole all their talent. So, you know, I, I think the games will be more interesting than people are expecting, which doesn't mean that the Wizards are going to win anything. But I think that, you know, you can still have a fairly entertaining brand of basketball. Um, and now it, it might it might look like it might look like JV or like it might look like high school or basketball or high school or college basketball entertaining. But you can still theoretically have a brand of entertaining basketball, even from whatever is left of this Wizards team without Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans. And, uh, I didn't know. even mention him, to be honest. I didn't yeah. even mention him. Uh, he, was the fir- he was the first one that said he wasn't going to the bubble. He's like, nope, I'm going to just wait for my contract and get paid <laughs> this, this offseason. I just want to get paid. I don't want to say 10 seconds of this. Okay. When Davis Bertans with like the Milwaukee Bucks this offseason, I want an apology from all the Wizards Twitter that gave me shit for one of the trade that man at the deadline. He can't trade him, man. He's too, too important. When John Wall gets back, he's going to be great. That man was never going to sign here. There was no reason for him to sign here. And all of this just made it even more clear that he won't sign. Should have traded him when you had the chance. Nah, we're gonna lose out on him for absolutely no reason at all. <laughs> that's, all that's all I have to say. And Ish, and Ish Smith, I don't, I don't down on Ish Smith. I just, I rank him and put him where he is. He's a backup point guard who can start for you for a few games, but if he is your starter for eighty-two games, you will not make the playoff. He is, he is a quality backup starter for John Wall. He, I, that I agree with. And I agree with you on everything else about Isaac Bonga, whatever. He's garbage. I, like whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say. That nigga sucks. Like no, I, don't, no, like, no, I don't know. No, I don't know how he is. He is hot garbage. I I don't. I I literally every time I bring him up, everybody with the all of Wizards Twitter has some sort of retort. They're like, "Oh, he's young. He's developing. You got to give him a chance." Da, da, da. I'm like. 
No, he's we don't have to give garbage. He's he's, a, he's athletic wing who can't like I like listen. There's one thing I can't stand. I hate NBA players who can only do one thing. Like, and his one thing he can only do is be athletic. Like, literally, his talent is waking up and not getting injured. Like, that's where his talent stops. Like, yes. Speak, like, speaking you know. speaking of speaking of injuries, Jan Mahinmi was injured in the first quarter of today's game. Oh, surprise, yeah, surprise, yeah, surprise. Yeah, I don't y'all don't want me to talk about Jan Mahinmi. Oh, <laughs> I don't want me to talk about him. Talk about shitty. <laughs> Real the cool. last the last remaining the last remaining remnant of Ernie's terrible <laughs> Yo, contract. I didn't think Yami. Oh man, I was hoping Yami he didn't last this long. He even lasted through a pandemic. My goodness. Yep. Uh, real quick, I'll start with you, Darren. Uh, yes or no question: Can the Capitals win a title this year? No. All right. What about you, Jerron? Yes. Okay. All right. I think the I simple know, fact that, like, they, oh man, I think they could. They could. They, I mean, they were one of the better teams in the East. They were better than last year's team that lost in the first round. First round. Yeah, it was the first yeah. round. Um, they're better this year. Um, yeah, they got a break. It's gonna be yeah. wide open, but. I think they have a chance. And then real quick, Gerard, before we get out of this segment, uh, what are you looking forward for the Washington Nationals opening days this week against the New York Yankees? What are you looking forward to for the Nationals this year? Uh, Well, for the opening game, I'm looking forward to Dr. Fauci throwing out the first pitch. Because if anybody has been holding down, try to hold this country down, through the goddamn mess of this pandemic. Uh-huh. It's been Dr. Fauci. He's been, he's been trying his damnest to do this, to give us some information, and that orange motherfucker on Pennsylvania Aggies has been in his way all this goddamn time. And so, Don't be rude. I'm looking forward to that. Before the season, man, I, how do you judge a baseball team in 60 games? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's look at last year. 50 hey, games in, we were 19 games, and 31. <laughs> That's going to be a team that's going to get off to a hot start, like off the bat, and then like ride that out for like, the last 20 games and sneak into the playoffs and be hot garbage when a team who's just starting to get warm is going to, you know, move on up. Like, that's why I think a team, this would be the year for this pandemic, teams like the Dodgers and Yankees are my picks to uh, to win it because they have talent and they have bringing back too much, a lot of their same uh, team from the year before. Um, and so, yeah, I just sixty games is not enough for MLB season, man. I, I, I just don't, I just don't know how they're going to do it. What about you, uh, Darren? Uh, what do you, uh, what are you looking forward to this season with the Nationals? I'm honestly just looking forward to seeing if they can defend their title. That that's really it. I mean, you know, it. it I I think I think the biggest guys that we want to be on the team are coming back. So I just want to see if I want to see if the being off for the pandemic hasn't hurt them too much. Because um, I think that's a big thing, losing that momentum, um, not really having a traditional spring training, etc. But you know, I just. Honestly, it's hard to say because I don't know what this team is going to look like right now. 
Um, so, and I 100% agree with, with Gerard in the sense that you can't judge a baseball team after six games. I was going to bring up the exact same thing in that after 60 games, we wanted, we wanted, uh, Martinez fired last year. We wanted guys traded. We had, we had collectively given up on the national store <laughs> that season. And guess what? They won a title. So, um, yeah, I, I just I want to see if they can hopefully build up build off of their momentum even after the long break and that that's all I've got. Oh, and I am excited to see. I think it's I think they're doing for opening week. I think they're doing like Black Lives Matter mounds or something. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be exciting. So well, that will wrap it up for our DMV Sports segment. Let's now get into the NFL. Not a lot has occurred, I guess. Well, actually, let me let me let me let me make a correction. A lot has actually occurred. The uh, NFL players and prominent NFL players came out and sent out a message through social media and said, "Look, the NFL has to do something to fix everything that's happening with COVID nineteen. Training camps are supposed to open this week." And up until this weekend, it seemed like the NFL was just like, all system go. We're about to be having these games starting on time. We're about to have fans in the stands, you know. So then uh, a lot of the players came on to, hey, man, we got to we gotta work on some things. Um, the NFL PA agreed with the NFL, and there are going to be zero preseason games. So um, they did say there's going to be more probably live action during training camp and a proposal came out and it seems like it's going to be this way uh camp is going to open on the scheduled days uh but for the first two weeks it will be more of a conditioning camp and then within those two weeks players will be tested every day players and coaches and all staff will be tested every day and when the entire league can have less than 5% positive cases. And when I heard that, it isn't just the grand number of the league and then less than 5%. It is every team has to have less than 5% positive tests before they move into the next phase of actual like physical contact. And then they'll go from there. But all system go for the NFL looks like some cities have already come out and said that Football fans will not be in attendance. And it's so crazy because, you know, the NBA has the bubble. Major League Baseball, I think every team is playing in front of no fans, no spectators. MLS is down in Orlando uh, (laughs) playing in the same bubble with the NBA players. WNBA players are also in Florida. and I think it's Bradenton, Florida at the IMG Academy. The NFL is like, yeah, we're playing in our cities and some of us might be having fans and i'm just like how can you do that but anyways as of now it looks like the nfl is at least putting some precautions out there for their players uh but um let's start with the fans in the stands let's start with you darren uh do you even think it's wise to have fans in the stands when it comes to nfl games Nah, you can't. You 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 can't. There's there's no way you can have fans in the stands. Um, I had read somewhere something about uh, there. I don't remember if it was just Washington. I think it was other teams, but where they were going to have sponsors purchase 
like the first eight rows or something so they'd be covered up with like sponsor whatever um i think i read the it's either the la chargers or the la rams i can't remember but it was something like fans can pay like whatever the ticket price would have been or like pay two hundred dollars or something to have a cardboard cutout of them in the stand or something. i don't it was something crazy like that that's ridiculous um, that it, it is wild i mean i i know i mean paying paying three hundred dollars to see the la rams in the state like no but i serious no like that's it, it's wild and i know people are talking about like crowd noise etc um florida the florida teams i think are talking about having fans because that's not surprising um but um yeah i think it's just a terrible idea um with how it's spreading and with how easily it can spread even though it's it's you know with the outdoors with outdoor stadiums you know theoretically like yeah outdoor is safer but it's still it's big crowds you know people aren't going to be wearing masks because they're shouting at their team and whatnot and then there's stadiums that are indoors which which you know like their dome stadiums and whatnot where you're still technically inside so it's a big crowd inside literally what the cdc is telling us not to do um and then not even that just you know if you want to preserve protecting the players you just can't have fans there in general like it just it it, it just it's setting up it, it's just a bad idea altogether and it's something that you know as 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 rough as it'll be for the nba to operate the nfl to operate like normal even without fans um you know you just you can't put the players or the league or the fans at risk like that it's just a it's a terrible idea you know teams will have to figure out some way to get that sort of ticket revenue even if it is something like paying to have like a cardboard cut out of yourself or to have yourself i don't know appear on tv somehow um you know whatever so they can make up that lost revenue etc but you just you can't have the fans in stands as far as i'm concerned it's not until there's like a vaccine and we're past this. Gerard, what are your thoughts on fans in the stands at NFL games? It's stupid as shit. I don't, I don't, I don't see it's dumb. I don't. Is there a way that I can consider them doing it? Yes. I mean, you only allow twenty percent of the seats to be available for purchase in the first place. You know, you have five people per row. Make sure it's like four or five seats in between each person. If you want to buy tickets for your whole family, you're basically buying two rows of seats. Um, and you guys sit together like that. You organize people coming into the stadium. You only have one entrance and one exit. And so the line is like extremely long to get into the stadium. And you let people file out in a, like a synchronized order, like section 105. You're now free to leave the stadium. The rest of the sections, please wait until your section is called to exit the stadium at the end of the game. There's ways that you can do it, but it's just, it, it all comes down to, is it worth it? And it never will be. It's not, it's not, it's not worth it. And I honestly feel like, this, like, I'm happy that baseball and basketball will be able to happen first before the NFL starts, because the, what's going to happen is 
Basketball is going to be okay. They are in the bubble. Nobody goes in unless they're allowed to be in. Everybody stays there in Orlando. They play these games. They get tested regularly. Nobody gets infected. Baseball, they're trying to travel, pump fan noise, go on planes, or play baseball games. People are going to get sick because you can't control it. People are still going to go home. You can't control the people at the airport. You can't control the uh, people on, who are flying the plane. You can't. There's so many variables you can't control. Someone's going to catch it. Someone's going to test positive. It's going to shut down the whole season after a week. The NFL needs to go to a bubble system. I don't know what they're thinking that they don't have to, but they do need to go to a bubble system. And that's the only way the NFL season works. Look, uh, I think it's also ridiculous for the NFL to try and have these uh games uh, trying to have fans at these games uh what we're seeing is pretty much the states that have responsible governors and owner uh, mayors in this those cities are saying yeah no fans in the stands and it literally seems like all the renegade states and and in the south they're just like yeah we don't care and it's a it's a correlation between it's a, it's a correlation that shows that the, the the states that are having high COVID nineteen cases are the states that are willing to have fans at the game. Perfect. So, um, and then when we think about it, let's let's think about it from the competitive aspect of it. So, are you about to just say some of these teams from the south are just about to have home field advantage because they actually have fans? Like. That's a problem right now that I guess was not really thought about. So, uh, so yeah, that I, I think it's a irresponsible thing if you're going to put fans in there. I know they're going to try and have fans sign waivers or it'll be part of the uh, checkout for the tickets. It'll be like, hey, check this box. And, and <laughs> fans will pretty much be signing their life away, literally. Uh, but, yeah, I think it'll be. Look, no other team has failed. No other league has failed because of no fans right. so i don't see why you need to rush and have fans especially for the beginning of the season the more important thing is the nfl has to get things under control so they can end the season not actually start because it's actually worse to end the season prematurely mm-hmm. maybe starting the season isn't the starting the season late is not a big deal Ending the season early is the worst thing that can happen to this sport. Let's now get into the NBA. Talk about the good news that's come out of there. And then their bubble, you mentioned it earlier, Gerard. Uh, Russell Westbrook, he returned to the bubble. He tested positive a few weeks ago. He is negative right now. um, And he is in the bubble right now. Uh, Also, at the moment, they are zero positive COVID-19 tests between the NBA and the MLS that are in the bubble in the wide world of sports complex at Disney world. So that's a very good thing. Um, one of the problems, I guess the NBA is having though, is with a specific player, uh, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, does not want to wear a mask while he's there. And he said, look, if we all got tested and we have zero cases, why and we're in a bubble why are we wearing a mask um i have my thoughts on it uh but gerard you have a very unique i guess perspective on this uh because you actually tested positive for covid19 several months ago 
And uh, I'm glad that you're alive and well, but please just tell us a little bit about how that went. Um, so, you know, when I caught it, when I tested positive, it was very early on in the pandemic, or at least the shutdown of the country. We shut down like mid-March, let's say, and I tested positive about around Easter. And so it was scary because, you know, this thing that got the entire world shut down, I tested positive for it. And it wasn't just, oh, I think I came into conference with somebody. Let me go get tested just in case. It was, god damn, I feel like shit. Like, I, my body hurts. I have a headache. I have a you know soreness in my throat. Tightness in my chest. A fever. I know. I, I had to go get tested. And I got tested. Turns out I was positive with it. And I had symptoms. And it wasn't, it was nothing about it was fun. It was awful. Uh, the test, getting that test done up your nose sucks. Um, and so I'm very much against, you know, people saying wearing a mask isn't that big of a deal. Even in a controlled environment, like wear the mask. Uh, my job that I do, uh, I work at a hospital, some of the bigger hospitals in my area. And so that's probably where I ended up catching it. And Everybody there is required to wear a mask at all times. I don't care if you are the head of surgery or, uh, you know, working in environmental services in the basement. You are required to wear a mask on your face at all times, covering your mouth and your nose, because that is what helps keep the spread of this down. And, you know, why, why risk it for something that's like for something as small as a mask? We're not asking you to give up use of your left arm. Like we're saying, put a mask over your face, cover your mouth, cover your nose, and help reduce the spread of the deadliest and most viral disease that we've had across the entire world in centuries. And if it could be, if we have the tools in place, we have the medicine, we have the, you know, protective equipment to help stop the spread of it, use it. But it's a good use. You're a millionaire. You have you have means that 98 percent of people across the world do not have the means to. Don't don't let it go down by the wayside because you what don't want to have a mask on for whatever petty reason you could probably come up with. Yeah, it's I don't know him personally, but it's he's very stupid if he does. And not just him, anybody who has a problem with wearing a mask i don't you know you're you're very you know ignorant to what's going on if that's how you feel about something as basic as saving the life of you your family friends your loved ones and the people around you oh man uh yeah how, how do you how do you uh i guess follow that darren uh <laughs> i i mean i don't as someone who's never had it or at least i don't know that i've had it because you could be asymptomatic and still get it um but you know knock on wood fingers crossed that i don't have it now um because i work around a lot of older people so my my job i'm a personal trainer and music teacher all of my stuff is all of my teaching is online but i'm back in studio it's a small boutique fitness studio so it's like strictly one-on-one -on -one clients but most of my clients are older so i'm very very careful about you know what I do, where I go, because I'm working pretty much with the most vulnerable population. Um, so, you know, it's really irresponsible for Dwight Howard to say that because people are looking to celebrities that are saying, 
um, celebrities and famous people that are saying, hey, I'm not going to wear the mask, etc. Now, obviously, I don't think anybody's going to listen to Dwight Howard and be like, I don't have to wear a mask because he's in the protective NBA bubble. Um, but my understanding is that, you know, there's still stuff coming in and out of the bubble, even though the players aren't. I think they're still I think they're still able to have some things delivered into the bubble and brought in that could very well infect the players, infect the staff, etc. So even in the space of the bubble, even though it seems to be working so far, um, you just never know. I mean, this virus seems to spread so easily that you just, you never know. So it's really, at, at, at best, it's in, irresponsible for him to say this. And at worst, you know, it, it's it could be a reason that that the league itself shuts down again. Because, you know, Rudy Gobert tested positive and, you know, defensive player of the year. He shut down the rest of the league. I mean, it was going to shut down either way. But, I mean, you know, realistically, all it takes is one positive test to compromise the bubble. And then, boom, the NBA season is over again. Um, And, you know, it's just, it takes only one positive test in general to just wreck your way of life, you know? So... It's irresponsible. It's dangerous. He shouldn't be saying this. I mean, just wear it. You know, he doesn't have to wear it while he's actually training, while he's actually in practice. But I mean, just wear it when you're not, you know, we're not asking you, like you said, we're not asking you to stop using your left arm or whatever. It's just just wear a mask. It's it's not that hard. You've got it right there. Just put it on. And I, just I, do it. I think. uh like you said, it's not that big of a deal. Wear the mask. If it's that big of a deal, stay in your hotel room yeah. when you're not, when you're not at practice. Like just just stay out of other people. And you mentioned Darren, like it's more. Uh, even though it is a bubble, there are yeah. people who are in the bubble who aren't in the bubble. Like right, they exactly. actually, um, they actually are. They're actually out in the public. They actually yeah. meet other people. They actually are going back home to their families. So, like, yeah, y- you need to protect yourself from them, too. Like, yeah. it's it's not a bubble where everyone is in there and they're just in there 24-7 until the end of this season. Nah, man, yeah. like, you got to protect yourself from, from them, so... So I agree with both of you all. Like when yeah. you're in common area spaces, even though it's a bubble, Wear a mask. and even though, yeah. uh, like you said, there's zero positive tests, wear a mask. Oh, real quick, um, the NBA yeah, has no come problem. out and said that the yearly awards are going to be based on what happened before the NBA season was paused. Um, you're in agreement with that, uh, Darren? Yeah. Um, congratulations to John Morant, Rookie of the Year. Um, good for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you may as well, because if you try to base it on the resumed season, I mean, it just doesn't provide a fair shake to the teams that aren't going to be playing um, in the resumed season. And, I mean... The other reason is just before the season ended, that was when the players were actually healthy and training regularly, and it was actually in the context of the regular season. I mean, no matter what happens um, within this bubble with the with the 
resumed season, you know, there's always going to be an asterisk by it. Like, I believe there's going to be an asterisk next to, um, you know, the winner of of the, you, you know, whoever wins the title this year. I mean, it'll still be deserved. Don't get me wrong. They will still have earned the title. But, I mean, there's just going to be a little asterisk next to the, this entire season in general. So you basically have to base that award on, you know, what happened up until March, because there's, there's no way around it. Otherwise, there's no there's no fair way to evaluate because you don't have all 32 teams finishing the season. So you got to do it with with what was in the regular season. What about you, Jerron? I mean, for me, that's the right way to do it. I agree with that. Um, I mean, but to what I mean, like you said, all 30 teams aren't there. Rookie of the Year, MVP, that stuff, you know, even though MVP race is usually won by a guy on a playoff team, you know, you got to be able to make it fair. So, leaving it to those 50 games, that's fine. I think that's the right way to do it. Um, but what Darren said, I don't think there'll be asterisks next to this season. I think in the moment it might be, like, especially if the team that's super fluky that shouldn't win right. wins. Like, if, like, if, 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 if the Wizards make it. <laughs> if the, they would, come on if, if the wizards make it if the wizards if if the wizards beat the i don't know it if the spurs make it if the wizards and the spurs play in the nba finals and the wizards win there's going to be an asterisk next yes year. there will be an asterisk. <laughs> they might throw that whole season away because yeah. for that to happen like Giannis, anthony davis and golden and like lebron would all have to catch like all catch the COVID at once and be out and lose a whole series. And then, like, a team like Philadelphia, who's my pick to win the finals, by the way, um, would have to, like, completely crumble and, like, just break down. And, no. Yeah, that, but, I mean, because look at the um, 99 cha- uh, final championship. Like, everybody said that was a strike sort of season. You know, there'll be asterisks. No, if, you, if they won that, then whoever wins this year doesn't really count because only 50 games were played or whatever the case were, but the Spurs won. Nobody says they won four and a half titles. They always say Spurs won five titles. Like, they, it doesn't, you know, take away from it because they were able to, you know, back it up year after year after year after year. If a fluky team like the Rockets make it and then end up like a sixth seed the next season with the same roster, then that's like, okay, that was just a fluky win that you guys had to the whole pandemic and bubble system that we had in place. We guys aren't really NBA champions. So I think that's the only like little caveat you got to throw into it about how the folks is going to affect it. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up here for our NBA segment. Let's now get into our quick hitter segment. Uh, big news coming out of Major League Baseball. Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers signed a 12-year, what was it, 12-year, who has the... 12? 12-year, $365 million extension. All right. That was the one thing that was, uh, I guess, Dodger fans were kind of worried about. They kind of were like, oh, we don't know if uh, Mookie Betts, you know, will stay here. And, yeah, well, he's going to be there long term. So good news for the Dodgers. Other news in sports, Lewis Hamilton won again. Perfect. Uh, he is now only six, I think, victories away from tie- tying Michael Schumacher. So uh, the greatest Grenadian of all time is is <laughs> moving up the ranks. So I am happy for that. 
Uh, let's now get into our sports-free zone. We have some sad news coming out of the African-American community. Uh, representative John Lewis, uh, he was a representative for the district in Atlanta. Am I correct, guys? Is that the district that he was uh, the representative for? If it wasn't Atlanta, I know it's Atlanta and parts of yes. outside yeah. of Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, he is also one of the original freedom fighters. Uh, he mm-hmm. was, you could say, probably one of the like top five, top ten, if we got to put a ranking of civil rights leaders. Uh, he was also big with uh, getting the voters um a big proponent of the Voters' Right Act, and he was also trying to get uh, to improve or amend the current Voters' Rights Act because there's a lot of voter suppression happening uh, among the African-American community. He passed away this week, and it's so, like, it's kind of surreal because this week in my African-American studies class, we actually... We're studying about John Lewis. Mm, this is before. Yeah. I mean, it was last week, and then he passed away on Friday. Uh, he is. I, I I know there were. I mean, there's obviously other people who were part of the Freedom Freedom Fighters group, but he is yep. probably the last prominent person, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm correct. But um, he has a, a long legacy, a great legacy. For, for civil rights and and trying to gain equality for not just the african-american community but for everyone he will be missed rest in peace thoughts and prayers to his family and his friends um i'll start with you i guess darren did you have any other thoughts that you want to say about uh, john lewis representative john lewis no, I mean, it's just, it was, it's a, a very difficult loss, hard loss for the African-American community. Um, you know, we lost a great one. I think that, uh, you know, as amazing as he was, he was still one of the people. I mean, you go on and on, there's stories all over, you know, at Comic-Con, I think a few years ago, he cosplayed as himself and led a bunch of kids around because um, he had just written a comic book, actually, that detailed his uh his his experiences i mean you know he you know was a part of the march um in selma you know knew dr king very well accomplished so much by the time he was 23 even um you know was just you know he did so many things for the black community and for civil rights in this country that you know it, it can't be understated so or it can't be overstated i should say um so you just, you know, I think it 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 falls to us to continue his legacy and continue, um, you know, what he stood for and the work that is still unfinished, as as we all know. So, just gotta honor his legacy. The best way to honor his legacy is just to to keep it going. So that's what I got. What about you, Gerard? Any uh, thoughts on uh the late John Lewis? Yeah. Um... John Lewis fought the good fight for 65 years. Up until the day he passed away, he was fighting because the fight hasn't been won yet. We are still fighting for the same rights and the same things that they were fighting for back when he was marching on Selma. And it's the type of stuff that we have to recognize that we might, you know, yes, 
seeing Black Lives Matter on NBA courts and having, you know, hashtag justice for Breonna Taylor and all this stuff is nice, but you got to get in some good trouble. And like, like the late, great John Lewis would say, and shake some stuff up because we've been docile, we've been calm, we've been peaceful. And I don't want to ever, ever cause harm or incite riots or anything like that. But sometimes things have to happen in a way that wakes people up. And John Lewis was part of a part of a generation that understood that. And I know one of the things like Darren said, to honor his memory, to honor what he did, what he gave his life for, 65 years of his life. He started doing this when he was 15 years old. And what he gave his life for, we got to continue to fight. He is somebody that doesn't get celebrated every February like he should, but he's been as impactful and has such an impact on what we want to do just as much as the Rosa Parks and the Dr. Kings and the Michael Maxes. He's done so much and he did so much. And that's something that we have to recognize and understand. And hopefully, you know, this generation is filled with hundreds of thousands of millions of John Lewis's. And hopefully, you know, continue to fight the fight that he uh, gave his life for. And uh, let's uh, move on to. Oh, actually, before we move on, uh, let me say this real quick uh, to all those, uh, and specifically all those uh, Republican politicians who were blocking John Lewis's uh, bill for updated or amended Voters' Rights Act all of them who were out there blocking him and then now put in rest in peace and talking about how great he was to be a colleague of theirs like you're being phony man it's, and, yeah. and this is not the time to be phony uh this is the time it's about action like uh like um marshawn lynch was said i'm about that action dog yeah you know it this is what we need to do we need action um, and there's someone on there, Mitch McConnell, who's blocking a lot of these things, not just him, but his other fellow Republicans. We even had uh, Marco Rubio, who put up the wrong picture. He put up a yep. picture of Elijah Cummings, Elijah Cummings who yeah. passed away last year. Um, you know, and you confuse the two two black guys, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's irresponsible. It's uh, ingenuine. And if you're really about, you know passing on or continuing the legacy of john lewis let's get these bills done uh but yes let's now move on to someone who is i guess at the moment the antithesis of john lewis uh kanye west kanye west had a uh political rally on sunday yeah. in south carolina uh charleston south carolina uh by the way we didn't talk about it for the last few episodes because I did not feel like it was even necessary. But Kanye West, according to him, is running for president of the United States of America. He is not on any state's ballot, according to the Federal Election Commission. Uh, so uh, but he did have a rally. And at the rally, he had some very controversial statements. Um, one of the statements he spoke about uh, his, I guess, his uh, problem with uh, or uh, I guess he's pro pro life. He is against abortion. He even spoke about how Kim almost aborted one of his children and how he broke down about that. 
the quote was, I almost killed my baby while he was screaming and crying, tears streaming down from his face. Uh, but the cop, so if you think that was the worst of it, it isn't. Probably the worst part about it was he made some statements about Harriet Tubman. He said that Harriet Tubman really didn't free any slaves and Harriet Tubman actually sold slaves to um, other white slave uh, to white slave owners. He's getting a lot of backlash for that. Um, He even spoke about his mental health. He said that Kim and the Kardashians were trying to get him committed uh, Kim was trying to get doctors up to Wyoming at his spot to get him uh, and bring him to a mental institution. Um, I'm gonna start with you, Gerard. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kanye West? Like, where? What do you think is happening with him? I mean, the motherfucker just crazy. I don't understand what else Perfect. there is to say about it. Um. You know, I've seen some people, man, I hope Kanye gets help, man. I hope, man, man, fuck all that. That nigga, that man is, he got means to get help. He got, not only does he have money, his wife, family got money, and they got money on top of other money. They got old money, new money, and then got every important person in entertainment in his cell phone. But no, he wants to do all this, you know, posturing and all this, you know, Harry Tubman was a racist, she was for us, I'm for us, pro-life, all this boo-boo and soft story, you know, the yuck, 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 listen, man, all this is a part of your PR stunt for some new album you're trying to drop, um, and, and you're right, I don't mean to cut yeah. you off, but mm-hmm. uh, Donda, which is uh, named after his mother, will be coming out on Friday. Yeah, so, Alright, I mean, listen. It, I ain't feeding into it, man. It's I, I don't feel sorry for him. There's real people hurting out here, man. Brianna's tell us because this is still free. I was a you know, feel sorry for this billionaire that got, you know, who's going spending two weeks to get his name in the press so he can have his album get, you know, an extra couple thousand more streams on Friday for all this to go away and him make a Make some more Yeezy boosts in two months. I ain't about to. Nah, I ain't about to feed into it, man. He's. This is all fake. I said, if he if he's sick, give the man some help. Lock him up. Put him straight tracking on him. Force feed him some pills. Do whatever you gotta do. But it's just you know, it's, it's just, like part of me that's sad is you know Kanye West, you know college dropout, late registration. You know that's that that version of him, that era of him. You know. I always cherish that. I always remember that. You know, he ain't gone did something crazy like R. Kelly and them, but you know, it's just it seems like we lost one of our one of our, one of our heroes in the black community, and it's he ain't even gone yet. He just lost sense of self. Darren, where where do you think where do you think Kanye West's headspace <sighs> is at right now? I mean, okay, let me say this: I do believe that Kanye needs help. He needs. He, you know, he has he's he has these periodic sort of psychological breaks, whatever you'd call them. I'm not a mental health expert. I I, I haven't studied that. I don't know enough about that. Um, I do believe there is something wrong with him um, mentally. But I will also say this: every time he has one of these little breaks, one of these 
little mental breaks, whatever. His target is always black people. It's always talking about, you know, we're responsible for slavery. It's talking about, you know, Harriet Tubman didn't free any slaves. She was part of the problem, etc. And then he'll go on these apology tours where he'll visit a historically black campus or throw a random free concert or something because he knows, you know, he knows he messed up. So um, it's like, but... You know, why does he always go after our history and our our culture? You know, you never see him attack white people. You never see him attack, you know, uh, other people. It's always going after us, the people that are supposed to be his own people. So, you know, that's consistency, you know. Um, and again, I don't know much about mental health, but I feel like this exposes something deeper um, inside of him. So, yeah, I'm, you know... People can say all they want. Yeah, he just needs help. It's, you know, because of his mom, da, 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 whatever. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that because, you know, Kanye knows who he is and he knows who he supports. And I feel like we've seen enough of him at this point that even if it is just a publicity stunt, whatever, it's, I, there's other ways to go about this. So Nope, I'm I'm out on Kanye. I mean, I, I've never really been in on Kanye. You know, he just always kind of existed. You know, um, yeah, I agree with you. Like, you know, college dropout Kanye is probably my favorite my favorite Kanye. But um, yeah, but uh, other than that, you know, I, I'm out on him to the point where I just, you know, someone brings him up, I'm just nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna talk about him. Not, it's not worth my time. Not worth my time and effort. So uh, here, here's where I am with with Kanye West. Um, I believe, not I believe, we know <laughs> he has a documented mental health uh, disorder or disease. Yes. Um, I am married to someone who literally does that for their profession. They <laughs> can diagnose uh, individuals. Um, she is actually pretty decent where she can at least get close to the diagnosis without actually going through a therapy session. However, she still needs a therapy session. Um, and the one thing that I guess I don't want to say is, Oh, it's schizophrenia or, Oh, it's bipolar or it's multiple personality disorder. I don't know what it is. What I do know that, there is a mental health problem with us. I did. I spoke to my wife and she actually was going to be on this week's episode, but because of scheduling issues, uh, she actually has something going on right now. Um, We couldn't do it. Um, We may have her on in a previous, I mean, a a later episode, um, or we may drop a bonus episode. I'm not sure, but we're, we're trying to work something out. Um, and I, because and the reason why I want to get someone who's actually a professional in this, someone who has yeah. their PhD in it, uh, yes. because we can say all the stuff, we can come up with our own theories and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, one thing that I do feel comfortable sharing with that she shared with me, and we'll probably talk about it more in depth. She said there's different possibilities. It could be he has this mental illness and he's actually just speaking stuff that doesn't even that he doesn't even really believe in if he was you know healthy 
She also but, said he could be speaking things that are what he really believes in. Um, and she mentions that a lot of uh, people who have mental health illnesses, uh, when they don't want to take their medicine, these things can happen. That it is possible for someone to say and start to believe in things that they would have normally not believed in. But Darren, you bring up a great point. This is now the second time that he has targeted the African-American community. Um, mm. And so now it's a pattern. Yep. So that's the problem. And by the way, even though he has a mental health illness, you are in a public, you are a public figure. And if mm-hmm. those words come out of your mouth, you got to mm-hmm. deal with the consequences. Last week, I yep. spoke about Nick Cannon and what he said. And... I know there's yep. some people who don't agree with me, but I said, look, the statement was wrong. He could have said it another way, or he could have just spoke about a whole nother thing. Like, for example, I said it last week. If you want to say that white people are predisposed to behave a certain way because of the institutional laws in this country and in many parts of the world. Okay. But I didn't agree with everything he said. Nick Cannon had to face the public outcry and he had to deal with the consequences. And even though Kanye West may have a mental health illness, if those words come out of your mouth in public forums, you got to deal with the consequences. So ultimately for me, I think he needs to get the help, but he also should get the backlash because if mm-hmm. you got to be responsible for your own actions there's yep. words coming out the uh, rumors coming out that even kim that and like i say it's a rumor because we don't know married people stuff um yeah. even though we you know we spoke about will and jada and we had yeah. the jokes flying but at the end of the day we really don't know what's going on um we don't know what's happening with the with the with uh kanye and and, and kim but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, Kanye has to get the help. Mm-hmm. He has to get the help. And I'm I'm with you, Gerard, in that sense where you have all the resources. The ball is in your court. That's that's all it is. Uh before we get out of this segment, anybody else have any uh, I guess last thoughts on this? I I I hope he somehow gets the help that he needs. Um, but yeah, I'm just I like you said, Gerard, he's got the means to get it. The people around him, more importantly, have the means to get it for him. And I know that there's there's a certain amount of, you know, the person has to sort of, you know, you can't force someone to do what's not in their will necessarily. But, you know, there's enough people around him that know about this and he's got enough resources that, you know, he needs to get help one way or another. And I sincerely hope he gets that help, but I'm not I'm not going to support him. I'm not going to be like, yeah, you said this because of your issue whatnot. I'm like, no, I can't. I I can't do that. I can't just give him a pass for for what he's done. And by the way, nothing's wrong with that. I, I think yeah. you're I think you're actually that's that's the right way to do that's it. That's probably the right way to go about it, to be yeah. honest. Like, <laughs> uh, Gerard, I'll let you get the last word on this. Uh, all I got to say, man, like I said before, he ain't going to get no sympathy from me. Hopefully, he gets the help he needs. 
if anything, if my heart goes out to anybody, my heart goes out to his kids. Yep. You know, this is, you know, no matter if he was famous, um, not or whatever, it's tough seeing your parent go through anything like this, especially when you don't fully understand what's going on. And so I just hope that one, his kids are safe, that they're not putting the harm's way, whatever, you know, mental breakdown he may or may not have. And that, you know, outside of that, that they understand that no matter what, it's that their father, that their father loves loves them, and that you know, hopefully he gets the help that he needs, so that he can at least be in their lives and nothing else. Yeah. Well, yes, that wraps up our sports free zone. Let's now get into our Reddit topic of the week. Every week, every week we go on Reddit, we find an interesting article, discussion, topic, whatever that's on Reddit. Uh, we bring it here to the table for you all this week. The article that was brought to our attention is the uh, Sporting News. They uh, came out with the top 25 wide receivers in the NFL, and they ranked them. And um, to me, I see a lot of problems with this list. It's very similar to, I guess, the Madden list. Because uh, Madden has some wild and crazy ratings. And um, I'm seeing it here too. With the sporting news. And actually, (laughs) this might be worse than... (laughs) than, uh, It it might be worse than than, than Madden. Uh, But let's let's get into it. Um, I want to go at least through the top five first. And even the top five alone will have you kind of like, how is it that they came up with this list? Top five wide receivers, according to the Sporting News, Devontae Parker, uh, Devontae Adams, excuse me, of the Green Bay Packers, DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, formerly of the Houston Texans. Uh, Number three, Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number two, Julio Jones of the Falcons. And number one, Michael Thomas. I'm going to start with you, Gerard. Give me your thoughts about the list. This shit is straight garbage. Oh, my God. Like, I'm looking at it now. Not only is people like Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill not in the top five when... Chris Godwin is in the top three. They have rookie receiver A.J. Brown as the number 10th receiver in the NFL. Guys like Jay Moore, who's more proven, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen. Like, come on. This This might be the worst list I've ever seen. The only good thing is that they got my boy Terry McLaurin at 18, even though that is obscene to me because that is yep. above Stefan Diggs, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and Adam Thielen. Like, what? Like, he had, granted, he had a fantastic season, and I'm excited for what he has in store going forward for this Washington Football Club. But my gosh, top 20 after one season, 14 of them, 3 and 13? Come on now. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they were just like, let's put something up. It's no sports on. They'll like it anyway and rolled it. But my gosh, that was awful. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the list is, is horrible, man. Um, 
Darren, what are your thoughts on the list? Yeah, this this list is a mess. I was even like right off the bat, the first thing I was going to say, you know, as a Washington fan, I love Terry McLaurin, but he should not be right there at 18. I don't think he should be in the top 25. He should um, not. Personally. Um, but yeah, I look at this list. I'm also looking at it right now. Like, how are you going to have Chris Godwin um, um, all the way up that high? When you got Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans down there, you know, um, I I kind of feel like Amari Cooper is a little bit too high. I mean, he deserves to be on this list. He's top 10, but I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not... I wasn't thrilled by his season, um, by his 2019 season. But yeah, you got to have guys like Tyreek Hill and Mike Evans in that top five. Um, obviously, you know, I agree with Michael Thomas and Julio Jones being at the top, you know. But after that, you got a whole bunch of problems that need to be addressed here. Um, yeah, I don't know who put this list together, but somebody was not thinking very hard. Keenan Allen is way too low. Um, you know, it, it, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, like how do you not have them at least in the top 20? Um, yeah. I, mm, oof. I'm going to go and slap the person that put this list together. But okay. Real quick. Yeah. And, you know, this is the first time being there on this podcast. So, like, but it's established. Darren and I are y'all hard Washington fans are, you know, the regular host, Jeremy, is a, a Cowboys fan. Yes. So it pains me to say this. Omar Cooper's a top five receiver in the NFL. I was he, I was okay. Uh, I'm I'm looking okay, I'm looking at it from I'm looking at it from the amount that he got paid. The the I'm looking at it from the amount that he that he got paid by Jerry Jones versus the production that he actually gave. And I thought Amari Cooper kind of stayed at that same level. Um, I thought he had maybe a little bit of drop-off because you have to admit, he kind of disappeared in those away games for for the Cowboys. Uh, he, I think he was dealing with injury because he, when he missed the game against, I think it was the Jets, and the Cowboys lost because they did not have him on the field. Like you could see that, you know, the games before that, you could see why his production kind of dipped. But he might be the best route runner in the NFL. He has speed that's up there with anybody not named Tyreek Hill. And he has pretty solid hands. I don't see too many drop passes from Amari Cooper. Um, you know, does he take a play or two off? I think so. But I think... You know, you give me. You. I I also I also have to somewhat disqualify myself because the Redskins went after him and the Cowboys got him. So I have to somewhat I have to somewhat disqualify myself in that. I mean, in that regard, the reason and you can, and that's the only that's the only guy they really went after this offseason because he's, I think he's a top five guy. I think no matter who your quarterback is, you need. A reliable target, somebody who can come in and win, no matter what. And you know, you put him, you pair him with um, Perry McLaurin, then that's you know, you you catapult yourself up to potential top ten uh, receiving duel in the league, if not maybe top five. Um, and so, 
know, I understand why they went after him. I think he is, because like I said, I think he's better than Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans. I'll take him over Devontae Adams. Um, there's not too many guys, really just the Julios, the Mike Thomas, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins, guys like that that I'm definitely taking above Amari Cooper, but, you know, he might be right there uh, with the best of them for me. I think, uh, and we'll, since you're talking about Amari Cooper, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll stay with him. I honestly don't think Amari Cooper is top 10 in the league. Um, if we're ta- just talking about wide receivers, and I'll try and count them out. And mind you, this is coming from a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, Michael Thomas is better than him, so that's one. Julio yes. Jones mm-hmm. is better than him. DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins, three. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, four. Okay. Mike Evans, yes. five. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, the six. No. Keenan Allen is better than than uh. He than should be physically. He should be better, but he's not. Like production wise and everything else, he's not better. He should be better, but he's not. I still think so. Uh, just for for my my ranking, I think okay. I'll, I'll put him there. Odell Beckham I, Jr. No, he's not. You don't think Odell <laughs> Beckham <laughs> Jr. is? No, he's not. What? <laughs> Odell Beckham Odell Beckham Jr. has. One route and one catch that that makes his entire career. He's <laughs> Odell Beckham should be like the greatest slot receiver to have ever lived, but because of that catch against Dallas on Sunday night, he was catapulted into the the stardom, and so now he'll always be expected to be D Hop and Julio Jones, but he'll never be that. Like he should he should have been you know like a like a Chris Carter type of receiver, but everybody wants him to be Randy Moss. And he's just not. But, and I'll, I'll take Amari Cooper over uh, Odell Beckham. Wow. Odell Beckham might have more name recognition, but for what I need out of an NFL receiver, Amari Cooper gives me that on almost every other, on every level that Odell Beckham does. Wow. Now, uh, I did try to, get through this list to try and get 10 i definitely i struggled as i'm going through and as you were talking but uh so i guess he is fine where he is now but i do have a problem man why why is aj brown number 10 why is Cortland sudden number 11 why is chris godwin three why chris godwin three um no why is Kenny got a Debo, Debo Samuel 17. Yeah. Robert Woods really 19. Why is Stefan Diggs so low at 20? Right. Why is Adam Thielen so low at uh 23 and Odell Beckham Stephon, at 22? Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are like two of my biggest problems with this list. Like, like that is that those two being so low. Chris Godwin being number three. Like, he's not even the best player on He's not even the best receiver on his own team. That makes no sense. Um, like, yeah, that's just, that's just ridiculous. Uh, like I said, I don't, I think Mark Cooper's too low. Yeah, this whole list is, Terry shouldn't be on there. If you're going to include rookies, I feel like DK Metcalf should be on there above Robert Woods. Like, yeah, yeah this list is, and like, 
Cooper Cup missed like almost all of last season, didn't he? Like, wasn't that that wasn't that last season? Like, yeah, like, he, uh, yeah, or did he, like, uh, or did know, he play? I, think, I can't remember. I don't think he played the full season. I uh, know last year, ninety-four catches on one thirty-four. Uh, it was the year before. Yeah, he, year he before. got injured okay. sometime. Yeah, he got injured before the Super Bowl run. That's what okay. it was. DJ right. Chark, you know, top twenty-five. Come on, man. Come on, guys. Let's 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 reel it in a little bit. Let's let's <laughs> let's make a real list. If you couldn't get the twenty-five, stick to twenty. You could have did top. You could have did top twenty. Nice round number. Nice even number. If you got to throw DJ Chark in there, you you're really doing Space Jam reaches, and it, it shouldn't it shouldn't have gotten to that point. More yeah. importantly, it should. They should have just you know. And uh, let me turn that off. Got audio coming in from <laughs> somewhere else. But uh, it, it should have just been get these guys in order. Like, get yeah. them in the proper order. Like, <laughs> yep. if, like if, if they, I mean, when you say the top 25, you have to rank them. You can't just say, oh, this is in the slap shot order. Like, because if you're yeah. going to do that, you're gonna, you just have to, like, like, do it, like, alphabetically. Like, you can't just say, oh, we're going to put... Cortland Sutton, Sutton, number one, just because he's the first guy we thought of. No, no, no. It has to be a rhyme or reason to it. Either rank them best to worst, worst yeah. to best, alphabetical, age, whatever. Like, prediction on who um, yards you're going to have in, next, in this season, something. But yep. no, this is bad. That was awful. Just nah. awful. Well, yeah, that will wrap it up here for our Reddit topic of the week. We are in agreement <laughs> that this list is complete trash. trash. Yep. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I want to thank you all for coming on here, Darren and Gerard. Greatly appreciated. Uh did you all have a good time? Yeah. yeah it's yeah, great. Bomb ass time, man. It was a oh, spot. Yeah. We have to, I guess, do this more frequently than <laughs> <laughs> what we're what we're doing uh or what we Every have been months. doing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. man i greatly appreciate it i will start with you gerard where can uh everyone find you if they want to uh you know find out what's going on with you if you have any projects going on you know let people know where they can find you yeah, man, you know, uh, follow me, find me on the Let Out Podcast with BMC. That is the Let Out Podcast with BMC, available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and more. You know, just, you know, a bunch of young black men talking about things going in the world, special guest celebrities, talking about everything from music to sports to, and everything in between, man. Come check us out. Again, the Let Out with BMC. What about you, Darren? Where can they find you? Uh, well, you know, you you know, you can find me on Twitter at dbird uh, hoops. Uh, you can also find me on IG at fit underscore Mister underscore Music. I'm super active there. Um, I also have a TikTok following. <laughs> <laughs> that just started <laughs> thanks to forced quarantine um so you can find me on tiktok at dbird33 i have a couple of viral videos logging you might see them but other than that i'm all over the place so i'm around so uh 
I don't have a TikTok account. Uh, <laughs> Gerard mentioned earlier he doesn't have a TikTok account. No, I don't. Um, but when you say you got a following, like a, 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 a like how many followers you got on there? I I just I, I mean I just crossed over like two thousand yesterday. <laughs> like, That's a following. I, I just crossed <laughs> I just crossed over over two thousand, and like at the rate that I'm going, it's like it's it's popping up. I've never had that many followers on anything before, so I'm like, all right, it's just a few videos go viral, and it's like everybody's like, all right. I don't know how to handle my my TikTok popularity. There it is. Man, I want to thank you all for coming on this week. I also want to give a shout out to OSS 980 with Harold, D, Jeff, and Aaron. Shout out to Curls and Sports, uh, Erica Fernandez, um, Soggy Nachos, um, Shut Your Face. Uh, they they actually have a very good podcast. Make sure you check them out with Bernard, Sum, and Leish. Uh, also, shout out to The Caesar Show. Shout out to, hmm, who are other businesses? Ming Rainer's Doll Parts, Eat the City, D.C. Our faithful listeners, you all know who you all are. Um, Gotta give a shout out to my uh, journalist professor. Uh, she listened to the podcast and she says she liked it. So shout out to uh, Professor Walker and all of others who are in my journalism uh, 201 class. Um, it's a fun class. I'm, I'm actually... I, I know it was part of a requirement, but I, I actually like the class and I've been making some uh some considerations in, in journalism. So yeah. Uh shout out uh to them. Uh like I wanna say, thank you once again, uh Darren and Gerard for coming on. Until next time, everyone, sports reality. Peace. Oh guys, Peace thank out. you.